Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 360th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is yesterday being a great day for the Irish, as Shane Lowry became basically a national hero by winning the Open for the first time being staged on the island in 68 years. Coincidentally, I was in both Dublin and Belfast uh, last weekend. Unfortunately, I could not stay for the Open as I had to get back to the States for work. But the excitement in both the North and the Republic was palpable, uh, especially up North, of course, Uh and it turned out to just be a tournament for the ages. Again, the Irish love golf. And it was the first time being played back on the island in, again, 68 years, uh, the Open, that is. And they turned out in just record numbers. It was the fastest sellout of a golf tournament in golf history when they went on sale uh, back at the end of last year. I think they sold out in like a couple of hours. And as the RNA uh, official who moderated the trophy celebration said, uh, approximately close to two, uh, close to a quarter million people turned out uh, for the week, including practice rounds and, of course, the four-day tournament. And it was uh, it was special, special stuff. Um, I was glad to see Shane Lowry uh, pull it off, especially coming in with the big lead on Sunday. He, generally speaking, was the wire-to-wire uh, winner. Uh, I think he was tied or right at the top of the leaderboard uh, after the first round on Thursday and just, uh, you know, put the hammer down. But I was there. Uh, in Pittsburgh on the final day in Oakmont back in 2016 when he could not hold a four-shot lead that he had coming into that day. And I remember getting calls from people in Ireland that I know that very morning, uh, super excited that Shane Lowry was leading the U.S. Open and hoping it would uh, he could hold it. 
He did not, and we all know now that that was Dustin Johnson's day and his first ever, and still only, his only major victory. Uh, But it always stuck with me. Uh, You know, watching Shane Lowry that day four years ago, three years ago, I should say, in in Oakmont, and uh, especially on the front nine when he held the lead. Uh, tough course, I would, I would say. Not as tough a course as what we saw this week at Royal Port Rush, um, but it was uh, nonetheless Oakmont's legendarily difficult, to say the least. But again, uh, he actually extended his lead throughout he was uh it basically ended up in match play with uh tommy fleetwood uh a formidable opponent in the final pairing and shane lowry just played uh beautifully especially yesterday with uh the weather that came in for a few holes uh pretty tricky day all around uh especially given the fabulous weather they had at the beginning of the week uh, and last weekend, which I experienced, uh, thank goodness, and uh, and he just hit, played all the conditions perfectly, navigating around the golf course, uh, a little bit of trouble here and there, but Tommy Fleetwood was unable to capitalize, but it was really all about Shane Lowry and his ability to just uh, uh, not make the big mistake, uh, of which most any Links course and certainly the the ones that are uh, played for the open uh, can present, and he just never even came close to making a, a fatal error, uh, and and he brought it home. And speaking of fatal errors, that brings up my low light of the week, which is that three of the biggest names in golf, starting with Rory McIlroy, uh, downright. Uh, hero in Northern Ireland, uh, a native of uh, Hollywood in Northern Ireland, come in as the overwhelming, both sentimental and odds maker favorite, uh, given that he grew up there. Uh, and he did not make the cut, but it all really unraveled on the very first hole on the first day when he had a quadruple bogey. Uh, and it just led to a horrible day. I think it was something that sounds like eight over for that day. He did make a, a nice run on Friday, but it was just too much to overcome. So he did not make the cut. And again, uh, yeah, he, he, he made the fatal error, and it had to just be so disheartening given that he uh, had circled this tournament, this date, that date, Thursday on his calendar, uh, probably for a couple of years since the day it was announced that it was going to be held in uh, at Port Rush. And in addition to Rory, uh, the other two big names, biggest of big, that did not make the cut were, of course, Tiger and Phil. And Phil, who lost uh, famously, lost a lot of weight going into the tournament, uh, could not... Uh, uh, could not yield the results with the with the lost weight, and Tiger was just never really Tiger. He still has that uh, Masters victory from this year, uh, one of the great sports events of our lifetime. Uh, but 
since then. It hasn't gone so well for Tiger um, and certainly did not go well for him this past weekend. So that was, that was you know, disappointing. We would have all liked to have seen uh, those three in the tournament. But, you know, Shane Lowry, again, to his credit, he picked up, uh, you know, the, the Irish mantle, shall we say, uh, and had massive crowds cheering him on. He's from County Offaly down in uh, what they called the Midlands of Ireland, meaning the middle of the country, the Republic. Uh, and even though this was played up north, he was just uh, an overwhelming fan favorite. We all heard the chants of Olay pretty much nonstop throughout, which was awesome. And, uh, and in my mind, he basically saved the tournament. He saved the Open by, uh, by the fact of some of the big names not being there. It was not competitive. He won by, I think, six strokes and basically uh, held at minimum a three-stroke lead, and that was right after the first or second hole yesterday. And from then on, he was anywhere from four to six shots ahead throughout. So the drama was not there. But the story was there, and that was simply an Irishman winning uh, on the island uh, up north and getting the Irish fans completely juiced and into it, cheering for him. So he really, uh, you know, again, in my mind, you know, saved the day. Let's not forget that he has missed the cut in the last four opens. Uh, So for him to come... All the way from that to actually winning uh, what sounds like three hours or so from his house where he grew up uh, is just an amazing and impressive accomplishment. So all the Irish fans who attended, which were just, again, an overwhelming number of something that approached a quarter of a million people over the course of the week, uh, were left beaming and thrilled with what they had seen. So good for Shane Lowry. Uh, He just played pretty much uh, perfect, perfect Uh, final round and pretty much tournament um, throughout and certainly deserved the victory. And my bizarre story of the week is how quickly football is suddenly upon us with NFL training camps underway. I know that uh, Patriot rookies reported over the weekend. Uh, I think yesterday was their first get together, and it's happening all over the league. And it certainly gets the juices flowing. And also, uh, college football media days have been occurring with regularity, and uh, that leads into uh, our weekly expert guest, AP Stedham who will be joining us next segment to discuss his attendance and coverage of SEC Media Day. So it's time to talk football, and we'll be doing that uh, weekly for the next uh, eight or nine months. So now let's take our break. And again, next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, and it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, John. So glad to be on the show. Well, we appreciate you calling in, as always, and I said at the end of the first segment that uh, it almost feels bizarre that football is here, you know, with NFL training camps starting, and obviously college is right around the corner, but the colleges got a jump start and, uh, with their various me- media days. Uh, popping up all around the country from the American Athletic Conference in Newport, Rhode Island, right up to and including, of course, the big, the granddaddy of them all, SEC Media Days, which you covered down in uh, down south. So how was it? I'm sure you had probably another record number of media members, which is always overwhelming. Yeah, John, it's usually about 1,000-plus, and there was no difference right. this year. It was, uh, was back in, at the – Hyatt Winfrey in Hoover, Alabama, for four days, and 
I was there, arrived on Sunday and stayed till Thursday afternoon for all the festivities. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, it generated a lot of publicity, as always, AP. It's just uh, storylines waiting to happen. And, uh, and again, it was delivered. Um, what jumped out at you? And I'm sure there's a lot to choose from. Well, I guess the fact that everybody is chasing Alabama. That's always the theme when you talk to different teams that are on the cusp and, and those that are trying to survive in the league. They're, Alabama's name is invariably mentioned uh, with the questions and answers. So uh, I know that uh, Nick Saban arrived on Wednesday in the lobby in the Winfrey Hotel. I just give people an idea. They cordoned off a section in the center for all the fans that will arrive to try to get some autographs and photos with Nick Saban and the three players that came through the lobby, uh, Jerry Judy, wide receiver, Tua Tungavailoa, quarterback, and Dylan Moses, linebacker. Big names. Yeah, those are all tremendous ball players for Alabama, looking for big seasons once again. Dylan Moses, linebacker, I think he's been on scholarship since the second grade. What I mean is he's been (laughs) uh, in the public eye that long. Right, Uh, right. He's always, you know, People have been hearing about him out of Louisiana, and then he went to the IMG Academy, and now he's been at Alabama. He's uh, very athletic, looking to be a leader this season, and I think that he's going to have a great year. I'm sure. I'm sure. So what was the messages that you know, Nick was, uh, you know, was relaying, um, given you know, how last year ended? Uh, they're, they're still the hunted. They always, you know, and I, I think always will be under Saban, but in the same light, didn't in the way they wanted it to last year. So I think there's going to be a, a real hunger coming out of Tuscaloosa this year. Yeah, John, here's a team that won 14 games and cruised through the season, beating everybody by an average of 22 points a game, the first 12 games, tight ball games with Georgia and the SEC Championship. Oklahoma, they got out to a big lead and held on from that offensive onslaught by Kyler Murray and the Sooners. Then they faced Clemson, ended up losing by four touchdowns, did not score a point in the second half, dominated, thoroughly dominated. So Nick Saban, he was speaking of getting back to that standard. Uh, John, I think once in a while you're facing a team with equal talent. They just whip you. And I think that's what happened to Alabama. Uh, the coverage was not good. The play calling was uh, strange, to, to put it uh, you know mildly. And but now they have a chance to, with this year's ball club, which is completely different from last year. I mean, you can't redeem yourself totally because it's a different set, set of people. And Correct. so, but they can get back to that Alabama standard. And if you lose the game, it's going to be tight. You might you know be defeated, but you're not going to get uh, overwhelmed or embarrassed. Right. Well, you know, and and from as a coach, I mean, once the smoke clears, nobody's happy with uh, a game like they were in last year. But in the same light, it gives someone like Nick Saban just a, a boatload of, uh, you know, incentive and teaching and motivation uh, that he can pass along to his players. Uh, and I'm sure he himself is just uh, a man on a mission as well, given uh given that national championship game. So it's going to be, uh, you know, <laughs> breaking news flash. Uh, watch out for Alabama this year, you know, and because a little <laughs> humble pie can go a long way right. in the following season. 
Oh, yeah, they have quite an incentive to uh, get better against some of these top teams. I mean, John, these other teams, they give scholarships as well. There's some good players, and they right. know how to coach. They know how to develop. So you have to be prepared. I know that I spoke to Josh Jacobs, the running back at the draft, and he told me personally when he was in that locker room the night of the ball game, he could sense that they were not ready mentally, which is I've never really heard that from an Alabama wow. team. I just It's really the first time. I mean, and I'm not saying they haven't gotten beaten in championship games, big bowl games, but I just never heard somebody say we were not uh, mentally on edge and ready to defeat Clemson. Wow. That's a shocker. I hadn't heard that before, but leave it to you to, uh, you know, come up with a uh, dynamic quote like that. Uh, that is incredible. But, uh, yeah, so you mentioned other teams have scholarships. Indeed, they do, and nobody has better ones than the SEC. So what I've been hearing, AP, is, uh, you know, Georgia, again, seems to be the number one contender for uh Alabama, and most people are predicting they will meet again in the SEC championship game. Yes, John, they have the excellent quarterback. Uh, uh, Jake uh, Frome is back, and he's been good at since he was a freshman. And they'll have some young re- receivers, good offensive line, excellent running backs. On the defense, John, kind of interesting, Kirby Smart mentioned two players he thought were starters, and so that's nine positions that have to be decided during the training camp, but he also indicated he's too deep on the defense. So it's not a, a matter of you uh, to hit the panic button for the Bulldog fans. It's just, they're not sure who will be the starters. Right. Right. Well, obviously, you know, there's so much talent at a school like Georgia that the, the depth is incredible. So, you, you know, they're choosing just, uh, it's like choosing between silver and gold. Uh, you know, they're, they're both good and whoever, uh, is chosen will be great, and who isn't chosen will be excellent and add to the depth that they have. Uh, of course, uh, in the SEC West, uh, it's LSU is viewed typically as their strongest contender. And I just heard something over the weekend, AP, that said that LSU, uh, you, you know, is looking better than next, than last year. Of course, their calling card is typically defense and what I specifically heard over the weekend was that their defense is expected to be better despite the loss of some tremendous players and uh and of course Joe Burrow's back at quarterback yeah uh just to digress one second Georgia had an excellent kicking game as well uh so right watch out for that and Alabama's always been suspect so that could be a difference maker. But LSU, Ed Orgeron, he spoke of Joe Burr. We got a chance to speak to Joe as well. He's like your average Joe when you talk to him, John. Very personable and engaging really? and funny. And uh, Oh, yes, he is. He sure has really enjoyed our conversation. And Ed Orgeron, he brought in Joe Brady, who was, uh, I think, a graduate assistant at Penn State, 28, 29 years old. Offensive guru was with the Saints for two years, looking to change the passing game. Look, they want to have better timing, shorter routes, get the ball to the playmakers, because LSU had 35 sacks last year. That's too many for your quarterback. Too many. Right. So right. they're going to they're going to change that that outlook. And so they have some running backs that are uh, coming in, some hot shot freshmen or two, and they should come around with on that part of their ball game, that that part of the offense. But LSU, it's a question of. Can you come up to Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama? But one thing about LSU, John, 
they have a schedule that uh, lets them, let's say, beat Texas in Austin, lose to Alabama, still make the playoff. Okay. So there is a path. I could see that. There's a path for them with one loss. No, no question. If you, let's say Texas beats Oklahoma for the Big 12 championship and you win that game in Austin, as you know, John, on the road is double the points in the eyes of the voters in the selection right. committee. So I take that so to mean that. They can get through uh, that. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Oh, LSU is playing Texas in Austin this year, correct? Second game of the season, I believe it is. I think it's second oh. game or third games. Yeah. I did not know that. That yeah. will be awesome. Boy, that's that's one to yeah. circle the calendar right now for. That you know, it's great environment down there, hook 'em horns and all that. And they're they're on the up upswing as well. So yeah, so you know, oh, yeah, it absolutely. always amazes me. Oh yeah, so thank you for that tip. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll be sure to. Uh, Again, circle my calendar. Set the DVR as, as far ahead as I can for that one. And uh, that'll be great. That'll be great. I, I, I always enjoy yeah. games from Texas. I think they're fans. The setting is awesome. I've been to the stadium on a couple of occasions, but never for a game. I've been on the, I've been in Austin and I've walked by the Darrell Royal Stadium uh, with the statue and everything, but I've never witnessed a game, and I certainly would love to someday. I, I'm sure it's great. Yeah, I, I want know, to make Austin, Texas one time myself. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's so interesting to me, like you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, bringing in a passing guru uh, down there to Baton Rouge. And it, it, it always amazes me how, you know, when a team has an Achilles heel, how tough it can be to correct it. And clearly LSU's is passing specifically as part of their offense. You mentioned Alabama and their kicking game. And, you know, these things just continue to go on despite the fact that it's, uh, again, an obvious weakness of these of these particular teams and many other teams have similar situations. So it, it's, we, we, again, when you have an Achilles heel, you're in, you're out. For whatever reason, it seems nearly impossible to... Uh, to correct, and you know, if Nick Saban can't fix totally 100% fix, you know, the kicking game over the course of a decade, and LSU can't uh, necessarily fix the the passing game over the course of many years, it's it's always interesting to me. Yeah, absolutely, uh, John. Alabama, they they're bringing in. He's already on campus, been there since the spring. Will record from Hoover High School. He's oh yeah, supposed to be one guy. of the top top. Yeah, top-rated kickers, we, we shall see. Uh, sometime they they come to Alabama and they wash out. Uh, but, right. you know, last year, Joseph Boulevard, I think he was 14. He made 14 out of 18. But collectively, that kicking group, that unit missed nine extra points. I don't think Hoover High School missed nine extra points or <laughs> any other high school. But they had the most of uh, the whole, the entire SEC combined, nine. Wow, that's amazing. And, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, AP, it's just, it's the same old story. You know, when the kicker comes out on the field, there's a certain nervousness, you know, in the stands, period. That's how it's defined to me. And, you know, the stats can also be pretty good. And to a degree, they were the 14 of 18. But, you know, when there's a nervousness because the kicker's coming onto the field, then something's not quite right. 
or the way you want it to be. So anyway, um, yes. So AP, uh, hard to believe we've actually, uh, come to our first break, uh, together and we've only covered and really talked about three teams. There's a wealth of talent and good teams down the sec. I'm sure you have further take on some of them. So why don't we take our break now? And we'll talk about some of the other SEC teams that you saw at the uh, media days after this break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we spent the entire last segment talking about you covering SEC media days. And uh, we only actually touched on three teams, Alabama, of course, Georgia, and LSU. But 
There's a whole lot of other good teams in uh, the SEC, as we both know and we all know. Uh, so, what else? Uh, what other teams were uh, caught your attention during SEC Media Days last week down in uh, Hoover, Alabama? Yeah, John Gus Malzahn, the head coach of Auburn, has a reputation for being quite stoic and not too forthcoming with his answers. But he was the most animated I've ever seen him talking about the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, the offensive line, the defense, kicking game. He went through the whole litany of each unit describing their strengths and some of the players that were returning. Of course, I think seven or eight juniors decided to come back because we're considering the NFL. So he's, he's a person that's on the hot seat for sure. But I believe that uh, Auburn, if they can have a record of 3-3 three and three against six Pacific teams and win the rest of their games, it'll be a fantastic season. They are starting off with Oregon from the Pac-12, who are the prohibitive favorite, or they're a favorite to win, the, win that conference. They have an excellent quarterback, Justin uh, Herbert. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But, and their offensive line is supposed to be the top one in the United States, and Auburn has the top defensive line. So that's a matchup that you're going to have to watch on that wow. first Saturday, August 31st from Arlington, Texas, neutral site game. Uh, I really believe that Auburn probably is more physical than uh, Oregon, but Mario Cristobal, the former assistant at Alabama, former, I think he was a left tackle at the University of Miami. He is the head coach, been out there for a few years now. He's building a good pro, rebuilding a good program. And I think that's one of the games of the day, a college game day will be there as well. But Auburn... That'll be huge. Surround... Yeah, it's a very big game. If Auburn can surround their young quarterbacks, redshirt freshman uh, Joey Gatewood and true freshman Bo Nix, you know, he's a legacy player. Patrick Nix was his dad, quarterback at Auburn, on some good teams. If they can surround those quarterbacks with some execution uh, and and to be able to finish game, because they're going to have some tight ball games. Auburn's going to play some tight ball games, no question. Uh, they got some good receivers. Uh, the offensive line, I believe, will be a strength of the team. They have, I think it's five seniors. One of them was Jack Driscoll, John, played at UMass. He's from a, a, a very good prep school, a prep program in uh, Connecticut, Hand High School, Madison, Connecticut. He came in and, because he had played against five or six SE teams in his uh, previous uh, stay at UMass. So he, he was hurt much of the season, and Gus Malzahn spoke to his toughness and so I think they're going to be pretty pretty good on the offensive line, provide that quarterback some some blocking and, and open some holes for the running back. So and the kicking game should be better uh, with Carlson. He's a second second year, he has a strong leg, just got to be more consistent. So I th- and uh, the defense should be fantastic if they're not on the field as much. You know, the defensive linemen, Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson lead the way, and Nick Coe. They, they should be very special. Well. Yeah, Auburn is, you know, interestingly one of those teams that's a little bit, you never know what you're going to get. It's almost like, you know, when you don't expect them to be good, they're great. When you do expect them to be good, they're not. It's just, you know, you're, you're the expert. Do you tend to agree with that analysis? It's just you never know exactly what you're going to get till the season unfolds, and sometimes you don't even know then. Yeah, Auburn's that type of team, John, when they're, Big underdogs, they seem to rise to the occasion. That's been their uh, M.O. under Gus Malzahn specifically. So, right, uh, right. 
I, I, and I think that they're going to be challenged. Like I say, of those six games, they, you know, you, you must beat Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Kent State, Tulane, and Sanford. You must win those games. You have to win those games and, and finish with a 3-3 three and three against those other six teams. There's Texas A&M on the road, LSU on the road, which they're – I can't remember the last time they won in Baton Rouge. They have Alabama and Georgia at home, and then, like I say, Oregon, the neutral site. And did I say six teams? I'm looking for the other team, but I, but I can't have six. I'm not sure. But, but anyhow, so they need to go three and three of those games, and that's, like I said, saying beating those other teams that we mentioned. Right, right. Well, speaking of other teams, uh, again, never a dull moment, especially in the SEC. Uh, you touched on one that's intriguing to me, which is, of course, Mississippi State. Mississippi State, John, you know, they had the three players drafted very high in the NFL draft. And so I don't, I don't know if their defense could be as good, but doesn't necessarily have to be at that level. If your offense is improving, then they've struggled mightily because the quarterback was not accurate, much more of a runner, and the receivers dropped the football. But Joe Moorhead, he's an excellent offensive coach, has a transfer coming in from Penn State to quarterback the team. So I think there should be some improvement on that side of the ball, which means your defense does not have to win every snap. And you know, but it, but it, it's good for the overall team if the offense is better. Yes, well, that intrigues me greatly because uh, you know the quarterback, the transferred from Penn State, is of course Tommy Stevens to reunite with his old offensive coordinator Joe Moorhead now the head coach at Mississippi State. And Tommy Stevens was someone who, uh, I mean, I I follow Penn State, grew up within a half an hour of uh, Beaver Stadium. And Tommy Stevens was a quarterback who, you know, got to see, got on the field for five or six plays uh, throughout the Trace McSorley era the last two, three years. And, uh, was very productive. Uh, you know, you might great runner, great runner, uh, good passer, solid player. And, you know, some of his stuff, uh, he was, you know, was a bit gimmicky. Of making positive plays, which is a testament to him, because when he came on the field, clearly the other team knew uh, the ball was going to probably go through him. Yet he uh, he was productive in uh, having positive, again, plays for a great percentage of the times he was on the field. So I think he's going to, you know, it was just assumed for the last couple of years that he, of course, would be the heir apparent and the starter this year once Trace McSorley left. But AP, so there he is down there in uh, Starkville. Yeah, I, I think it'll be the passing game will be vastly improved. I mean, you can't be a college football receiver and, and be known for dropping the football. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's not going to fly. No doubt no, about that. No, I mean, that. your quarterback's dependent on Yeah, and especially, John, if you have a quarterback that his uh, percentage of completion is low, so that mm-hmm. uh, that means every every ball that's thrown, it's magnified the drop because if he's uh, let's say a fifty percent passer, you should be in the sixty percentile, which is what Joe Moorhead wanted for his quarterback from last year. He ended up being 
he re, he re, he redigressed. You know, he you know he regressed. I mean, he went down into the you know high forties, low fifties. He was trying to get him up to sixty five, and that didn't happen. I think it was fifty five percent the year before. So they have to show improvement in that area. Right, no doubt about it. Um, you know, you mentioned Texas A and M earlier. Of course, uh, this will be the second year for Jimbo Fisher. I think we'll remember them last year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they play the seven overtime game with, uh, was it LSU last year? Like one L- of the greatest LSU, games. Right, in- right. And they, yeah, yeah. We, I think we spoke about that rule change a couple, you know, uh, on our previous show. So, uh, but uh, Texas A&M, he's building a very fine program because Jimbo Fisher knows how to recruit and develop players, has the championship ring with Florida State, was on the staff with Nick Saban. Nick Saban tried to hire him. Before he went to Florida State as the offensive coordinator for Florida State, Nick Saban wanted him wanted him at Alabama. You know, they're fellow West Virginians, right? So they right. go way Point. back, go yeah, go way back, and they have the, the quarterback Kellen Kellen Mond, and um, so and they got to improve on their defense, of course. But that's a that's a program that could surpass LSU if if you don't watch out. Correct. No doubt about that. Um, and who else caught your attention uh, down there? Uh, there, there? Again, there's so many, you know, good teams, especially in the SEC West. Uh, but who, who else uh, did you think were, were notable coming out of media days? You know that Felipe Franks is the quarterback for Florida. If you looked at him, John, you would have thought it was a tight end or a defensive end. He is that big. Really? Interesting. Six foot six, about 240 pounds. Oh my! And and you know that Dan Mullen, the head coach of Florida, is going to make sure that he learns the fundamentals and the system, which in turn will improve the offense for the Gators. And you know, defensively, they're always usually pretty tough, anyhow. And so Florida's on the heels of Georgia, probably, in the SEC Eastern Division. All right, sounds good. How about uh, how about Kentucky? They kind of. Uh, you know, surprised everybody with a really, really good season last year, one of their best, and, you know, with some big-time players. And uh, where do you see them this year? Yeah, Kentucky, John, you know, they had improved their overall quality of their roster by concentrating on Ohio. You know, the Stoops brothers are from Youngstown, so he had a stronghold on bringing players from that state. And their quarterback, uh, Wilson, I believe, Terry Wilson out of uh, Oklahoma City, about 6'2", 6'3", very athletic. Coach Stoops, I asked him specifically about the quarterback, and he's going to try to improve him on the fundamentals and also the system. And so, you know, they lost Benny Snell Jr., outstanding running back. I think he's the all-time leader at Kentucky, went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I think he is building a program there at Kentucky. I don't think it's a one-year phenomenon you know that was 41 years john between yes well the amount of wins they yeah, had kentucky in, in is 77. Uh, yeah. a team on the rise uh they played yes. in some big games last year won them and uh certainly a team worth watching yeah absolutely so mark Stoops, and with a that we've come coach. to the end of our third segment so why don't we take uh, another break uh still a few things to get to uh uh in the final segment but for now we'll take our break Uh, So don't go anywhere.
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the World Golf Championship FedEx St. Jude Invitational down in Memphis. It's always a great follow-up to the Open, uh, just completed, as we all know, and as I discussed basically the entire first segment, uh, it was just held in Royal Port Rush, Northern Ireland, and won by Shane Lowry. So, AP, we were uh, talking a lot of SEC media days, and uh, and I know it was a great event, as always. It lasts for like four days, uh, longer than most. But we, we covered a lot of the teams. I'm, I'm trying to think. Anybody we missed, you know, you had kind of touched on... We didn't really touch on teams such as, uh, you know, Arkansas, Mississippi, the Rebels. Um, what are you hearing out of those programs? You know, Chad Morris came over from SNU, so he's going to be building that program. He's got a long way to reach that, even the mid-level, I think, in the SEC West because it's so difficult 
with Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Texas A&M. So it's, it's just a matter of can you find enough players in Arkansas and then other places, Texas primarily, and then reach out in the surrounding states as well. So it'll be a while before they're going to make any uh, footprint under the Chad Morris regime. Uh, then, you know, then you have Ole Miss with, um, you know, they're coming up through probation, new quarterback. They, they never have enough players defensively usually to match up and you can wear, wear them down uh, normally. So, I mean, if they happen to get seven wins, it would be a, a good season for them. That's just the way it is, Sean. In the SEC, when you have the wealth of talent near the top, it's very difficult to compete. And so you try to win as many games as you can at home and uh, upset somebody on the road. I mean, their first game is against Memphis. I think Memphis is the favorite. Right, for the American Athletic Conference. Yes, yes. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, another team that's very high, very, very high profile, of course, is uh, Tennessee. Uh, You know, what do we see uh, ahead for Tennessee this year? Yeah, Jarrett Garantano came down from New Jersey, did a few good things, but overall, he's not one of the top ranked quarterbacks in the conference. Jeremy Pruitt came over from Alabama, the defensive coordinator. It's going to take him a while to secure the proper amount of talent to compete. He upset some teams last year, which means he's going in the right direction. Now you have to work on that consistency, uh, your leadership, and uh, working towards a standard. But Jeremy Pruitt, he's, he's shown glimpses of hope for the volunteer fans. Right, right. Yeah, well, again, you know, uh, the, 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 a total blue blood program to say the least, and, uh, you, you know, another team uh, really pretty much up and down, more down than up, uh, you know, along the lines of what we discussed with Auburn. But, you know, another team in the SEC, and i, I got to tell you, AP, even more so than Texas A&M, I still haven't gotten used to uh, Missouri being in the <laughs> SEC. Right. Uh, for some reason, they're just such a, a Midwest Big 8 type fit. But they are in the SEC, have been for a couple of years, uh, made a little noise here and there. Uh, uh, what are we, we seeing out of Missouri this year? John, you know, they've been the surprise of the conference through the years. I mean, who would ever suspect that they're going to win the Eastern Division? They beat Georgia a couple of times. I mean, they've had some good ball games. But right. one of the yeah, entries, right. interesting, yeah, oh, yeah, one of the interesting notes about Missouri is Kelly Bryant. All the Alabama people are familiar with that name. He was a quarterback at Clemson, ended up transferring last year when the position was given by Dabo Sweeney to Trevor Lawrence. So he'll be the quarterback at Missouri, and that'll give them a spark for Barry Odom and the Tigers. Well, thank you for reminding me and our audience of that. You you know, it's tough to keep it all straight, and I kind of forgot. I knew that Kelly Bryan had transferred, but... Didn't recall off the top of my head exactly where it was he, he went. So that's a good tip. He uh, he got to the if, – not the national championship because that team quarterback by Kelly Bryant lost Alabama in the semifinals, right? That's correct. That's correct. They sure did. It was a low-scoring game. I think it was 24-6 to 6, right. if I recall. You know, he's a quarterback. He can dual-threat quarterback. Passing, he's going to have to improve just like Jalen Hurts will at Oklahoma. But maybe something, you know, maybe he found something when he transferred and had a year to sit, you know, or some time to 
to get uh, acclimated with that program. And I'm glad you brought up. And by the way, just uh, Kelly Bryant had a really good year. Uh, let's not forget he was succeeding to Sean Watson. No small issue. And uh, and he had a great year um, until the Alabama semifinal game. So he, he certainly is someone that bears watching. And, you know, uh, I'm glad you brought up, as we close the show, Jalen Hurts. Uh, out of Oklahoma, and I guess Lincoln Riley came out this week and said, Basically, it's a completely open competition, which a coach needs to say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, everybody in the world is assuming that uh, Jalen Hurts will be the starter. Um, and I'm sure you do, too. Oh, absolutely, John. And it's, I think it's kind of funny. Uh, he is the Big 12 projected newcomer. <laughs> right. As a senior. That's, that's interesting, right? The, the biggest free agent in the history of college football, right? I think so. I mean, if you look back, who's won 26 games somewhere else? I I couldn't think of anyone uh, that even comes close. Yeah, I Maybe mean, Russell Wilson Carolina State. Right. I, I totally agree. They don't get any bigger than him. An illustrious career. I don't know the exact figures, but it's something like, you know, he played in a couple of national championship games. I think his overall record was something that sounds like 30-2, and two, rescued them in the Georgia game, in the SEC championship game, uh, when they looked lifeless. And he, you know, uh, played the half of his life, the second half of last year's SEC championship game, and class act all around in the way he handled the tour situation to boot. So, uh Maybe he will be the most watched college football player in the nation this year, certainly starting the season. Yeah, I agree, John. I sure do. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. And let's not forget that Lincoln Riley has been head coach at Oklahoma for two years, and all he's done is coach the last two Heisman winners. So, <laughs> And here he has Jalen Hurts <laughs> back to back. Uh, fall in his lap, basically. <laughs> so uh, I would say that that bears watching at the highest level. So, uh, John, John, yeah. That'd be the greatest three-peat in history. That'd be the greatest three-peat in history. I, I tend to agree. Yes. It would just be nothing short of amazing. Um, <clears throat> so, AP, uh, when, do, when does practice start? A couple weeks, right? Yeah, coming up uh, right in the next week or two, uh, August, and they'll be getting ready for that August 31st Saturday. And actually, Miami and Florida playing that Thursday open the 150th year of college football celebration. Oh, wow. Amazing. Well, that's fitting, too, I would say. Well, AP, uh, thank you, as always, for your expertise and great talking to you. And it's on for football. You and I are going to be talking about it for many, many months to come, to say the least. Look forward to it, John. My pleasure, as always. Me too, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.